Welcome to the Raising Successful Kids podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss and explore how to raise children to be successful in all areas of their life. Irene Santanier is a working mum of an entrepreneurial child and shares a passion with her husband to see children succeed. And now, introducing your host, Irene Santanier. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Raising Successful Kids. I'm really um, privileged that everybody has decided to come back and join us for another episode. Um, I'm very honoured today to have somebody on the podcast that I met uh, probably about a month ago now, maybe I think. And we met in the world that we're living in at the moment. We met virtually online. We were part of a Christian women's business um, event that took place over one day and each of us had a slot. My slot was about podcasting and this lady kicked us all off in the morning she's high energy so be warned she is high energy um put your earplugs in because you will still hear her even with her even if you have earplugs in um but you know all of us need energy all of us need people who have um fantastic energy it's what if every if people didn't have that then it would be a very sad world that we live in So I'm not going to introduce her because I want her to introduce herself and what she does. Um, But I am very privileged to have this lady on the podcast. Um, It's taken a few attempts to get her here, um, but we've managed it. So I will let you know her name. Her first name is Despina, but I am going to let her introduce herself. So thank you very much for coming on to the podcast today. I'm so thankful that we've managed to get it together, that we are um, chatting today and that you've got, I know you've got a lot to deliver to the people who are um, listening, wherever that might be, and whenever they pick this podcast up, I know they're going to be blessed by what they have to, um, what they have coming to them. So, without any further ado, just introduce yourself and who you are, what you do, where you're from. Just give us a little bit of a flavour of who you are. Uh, thanks, Irene. I'm so honoured to be on here with you as well. Thanks for having me. Um, and I was going to say, oh, I was going to behave. possible <laughs> like, now because you introduced me at that. So it's all good. I am very loud. My name is Adetina Habeshi. So that's my Greek secret name. But everyone knows me by Des because now I can't pronounce my name and surname. <laughs> so it's all good. You can call me Des. Um, I was born in, and raised in Cyprus until I was about 15 years old uh, with an exception of two years where we, we lived in Bahrain between 1920 and 1994 and then we uh, moved to England in 1999 and uh, here we are 20 years later mm. and it's been uh, yeah, an amazing uh, crazy roller coaster ride <laughs> and uh, yeah just very really privileged to, to be here in England and uh, have had the best of both worlds to be honest mm. so what is it what what actually is it that you spend your time every day doing what does des get up to on an average day des gets up to no good <laughs> uh, so i run my beautiful business which uh, actually gets a core community called Transform Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's had a few names over the years. It started as Shake Your Zumba with Bears and then King Shake Your Zumba as I build a team and then we introduced more programs than that. So now we, um, and, you know, we decided about people years ago to call, to call ourselves Transform Me. And uh, we are a fitness establishment that we do deal with the mind, body and spirit and we're definitely all about um, community and unity and uplift and breaking chains mm-hmm. and uh, very, very big on uh, mental wellness okay. uh, and mental and physical wellness. Mm. And uh, it's very, very beautiful. It is at the moment ladies only. Uh, we might be expanding or reopening back up to men and families, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, we have the privilege to be teaching a number of, of fitness programs and have a beautiful community that's not just there for that fitness element. We do, we do a lot of socializing, we do a lot of fundraising, mm-hmm. and we do a lot of friendship and sisterhood. It's 
definitely um, the best is yet to come nine years <laughs> in but I, I feel like I've, I and the team and the community have only just begun it really excites me mm. so your overnight success has taken nine years at the moment oh my goodness I don't I, I'm not so sure if they can ever be an overnight success to be honest I I'm actually really touched to see in these hard times like how many of my of mine our ladies have stayed on which mm. is a it's a massive thing. Um, of course a lot of them have also had to go because of the financial situation because of what's going on right now too. But to actually know that I've got a, a, a community by which the, the majority have stayed, I think it's just made everything incredible because it, it has, it's showing me what hard work and commitment to the people as opposed to what we were talking uh, before that I actually started my calling mm. about in, in, you know, focusing on the people instead of the numbers yeah. in business, what a big deal it is. Yes. Yeah. And now at the time of crisis, uh, I and the team are not just there for them, they're also there for us. And yeah. That's a, okay. yeah. I think if you can get over the fact that people need to earn money once you um once you put the money aside put the figures aside and you think about how much you can deliver what value you can deliver to people how can i help people how can i help solve their problems then the money is always there and you will the money will come and you'll be blessed in many many different ways but if you can provide something that's going to help people get through their day so fitness well-being mental health is huge anyway isn't it um and if you can do that for people in a in a unique way um so that they get to see you uh and their benefit the, the benefit from that is so far reaching isn't it family community everything and it, it's it's an incredible thing that can be done and the money comes anyway that's what people need to realize the money comes anyway the wealth will come but the wealth is not just money oh absolutely it's so far and beyond that because at the end of the day i think for me without real human interaction and without that sort of unity component and actually standing for something bigger than oneself mm. and putting yourself out there with that sort of like really open heart and a pure love for people. I mean, obviously we're not perfect. I'm not perfect. You know, I've made loads of mistakes. I'm far from perfect. I'm <laughs> with technology and I make constant mistakes. But above all, I think my community, my team, my, you know, my ladies, and, and everyone can see that I just love humans. I, I want to be real. I want us to connect. I don't just want us to be behind these screens and be hiding ourselves, hiding our faces, hiding our truth. Mm. You know, it's all about being together in this and all about empowering and inspiring each other and sharing, mm. sharing our struggles and how we overcome them, mm. sharing our good times so that we may inspire each other into seeing what's possible in life, which is so much. And um, yeah, and, you know, no, absolutely. Uh, yeah, go on. Absolutely. I think, you know, because you're so. Um, What's the word? <laughs> okay, let's leave it at that. <laughs> How do you actually engage people in your community? How do you go about um, making them feel that they are part of something? Because some people, obviously, there are introverts and extroverts, and you're very much an extrovert. You know, on a scale of one to ten, you're fifteen or twenty. Um, but as as far as that's concerned. How do you make sure that those people who who don't engage with ex extrovert people who are very introvert, how do you then include them in your community? How do you ensure that everybody feels that they're included? Yeah, we're very we're very big on this, and I guess it's it's really like this. I think the team must. They, they have enough of me always saying no one stands alone mm. make sure that when people come to classes everyone's included that someone everyone's talking to someone um, and 
that's a really, really important thing. And of course, it's really tough as well when you only have sort of 15 minutes before class, 15 minutes after. We live in a society where everyone's in a hurry. Mm. We are all sort of slaves of our busyness. Mm-hmm. And we're always in out. We barely give ourselves proper time to breathe, to be present. It's a bit of an illness, to be really honest. Mm. And what I'm really trying to do is and, and I'm not saying I've got it down 100% because I struggle with that as well. So the idea is to try and and up, you know, by setting the intention and being being what we want to become, basically. And so, you know, the team always has enough of me going, no one stands alone. Of course, we want to make sure that people are standing, even one stands alone, that they do so by choice mm-hmm. and not by neglect. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, people are very busy. They, you know, they actually need a little bit of silence when they come to class, and that's okay. We want to respect that as well. Mm-hmm. So it, it's that. But I think, I guess for me, as I said before, I had the privilege to growing up in Cyprus. Um, you know, I was in a, in a refugee neighborhood. My, my, my parents are both refugees. They, they lost their home. They, they lost everything. They lost their wealth, which was a lot, actually, especially in land. Mm. Um, they lost everything. And um, it was a very tragic situation, like 1974, when the, the, the war happened in Cyprus. Mm. Um, and... Oh, how, a little bit less than half the island was, was occupied. Um, and uh, my, my parents had to uh, move from the north to the south. And we, we, we I grew up on a, on a sort of refugee uh, estate, let's say, or neighborhood. Mm. Uh, but we used to have like this little piazza. Mm. And uh, we used to have this, this, this beautiful moments. I mean, it was. Uh, we, we grew up with our doors open, our cars unlocked, everyone knowing each other. We always used to call our neighbors auntie, uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, nothing was perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of loss and a lot of heartache and a, and a, and a, and a, a lot of troubles. And when I see back now, I can identify a lot of the struggles that my, my parents and the, the neighbors, the aunties and uncles had, which I would not analyze and, and, and perceive and conceive when I was a, a child. Now that I'm looking back, I understand the challenges, especially the mental and the spiritual challenges that came with being a refugee, which almost consciously and subconsciously got transferred to us as the children. Yeah. Um, and, and those are sort of the things that we still battle to today, if I'm really honest. However, the one beautiful thing is that I grew up in community to the point where I, for me, wasn't natural. Mm-hmm. Then, when I was 15, I came, I came to this country. I, I did my GCSEs, my A-levels. I did my first degree in biomedical science. I did my second degree in, in medicine. So I'm a qualified doctor. I started working as a doctor six months in. I got hit by um, really bad anxiety and depression. Um, and I made the, the one of the hardest decisions of my life was to leave medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually uh, went on to bring this, this I, I, I never set out to have a business. Mm. I just wanted to, to give people. I was a crazy, madly love salsa dancer, mm. um, salsa and bachata, and I was I was crazy about it. And I used to teach it as well for a while. A couple of years, I taught it while I was traveling university. And so. Mm. and so I had a passion for that. And when Zumba came in, I fell in love with it. Mm. Um, I wanted to do it on the side of being a doctor to give people to stay active and to give people what dance and fitness gave me. Yeah. And obviously, then I unfortunately, when I got struck by that, I, I sort of spent a couple of months in a, in a really bad place and I decided to leave medicine and, and set school up sessions up mm-hmm. as a, a, a business. But it wasn't, I never really thought it as a business, if that makes sense. I just wanted to give people what dance gave to me. And, and I naturally fell in to loving, adoring, and including people because I didn't know anything else. Yeah. For me, that's that's the normal to love people and to have a to be so close mm. as to what one would define a community. Mm. It comes to be natural, but I've, I've come to realize that it doesn't actually come natural to everyone, which I didn't realize until a few yeah. years into it. <laughs> Yeah, especially coming to somewhere like the UK, which is quite reserved. There's a, I mean, I know we're very um, eclectic in the amount of people that are here and the cultures that are here, but British people are known for being reserved. So that must have been 
that must have been a huge culture shock for you to come over and see how you know how we are here as opposed to what you were used to it was a big it was a it was a very tough I remember it so clearly we came over it was it was August the 24th and we went from having the sun and the sea <laughs> 45 to 50 degrees Celsius to literally grey and constant <laughs> Right. Yeah. I uh, we had we were staying with my my auntie Blessa for for a, a few weeks before we moved on to a uh, a kind of government uh, uh, rental accommodation before my dad uh, like got established with, with work mm. and um, I, I remember I put something like ten kilos in two weeks because everything was like whoa what is this everything was like super sized <laughs> everything was like cheap and like there, there's all these crisps and chocolates and biscuits and like we've never experienced that in our way because we came from a country where everything was a little bit more organic and mm. mom and mom and dad used to cook homemade food especially mom and we used to have like cakes made from mom and grandma and like it was just a I put 10 kilos in two weeks and then of course like a little bit of depression started hitting and I was the first one to make a school mm-hmm. out of my siblings, out of the brother and a sister mm-hmm. and it was so, so tough because I had to take the bus to start with and I, it was so alien and I mean, I met, we, we didn't used to have these big buses and, and all these people and all, and all these children keep being like really, really and really rude and it's not all of them though, no. not all of them but but some of them it was really weird I remember I felt like I was in a in another world like in a time machine it didn't feel real mm. and it yeah it was a big culture shock and I even though I knew very good English I couldn't understand other people talking very well so I always used to go to school uh, in school I always used to ask my teacher like what well, can you can you repeat what you said our exercise our homework is because I'm not so sure I understood that mm. uh, um, and it took a while yeah but um uh, he, he, I was very good with people, so mm. I formed friendships really, really fast. And now I talk for great yeah, and I, <laughs> I speak so fast that everyone else is like, "Can you slow down, please? And can you stop talking? You're really loud." And they love it, hate it loud. You know, it's that. It's your unique selling point. <laughs> so when you were at school, let me just go back to that. When you were at school, how did you? Um, how did you cope with the way that kids are at school and how teenagers are, etc.? How did you um, how did you fit in? I'm really I'm really curious to know how you fitted in because it must have been. I mean, it's a, it sounds like an ideal scenario for bullying. Um, and whether you were, and if you were, how you got around that, or if you were able to um, sidestep that in some way. I was, um, actually, it was, it was really interesting because you saw some of the kids, I mean, when I came in, they used to be like, uh, uh, if I remember correctly, like some prefects. And mm. so when I went in, I got in touch, the teachers put me in touch with those. And, um, you know, just slowly, slowly, you, you everyone's curious about you. Mm. You're the new hit the block and everyone wants to sort of get to know you. And, um, and so luckily, there were some people that um, I matched it more than others. I'm, I've always, I've always been a very inclusive, all inclusive person. You see, mm. and despite everything, thank God, I had the ability to adapt and to and to speak into every person's life and situation. That was something that was, that was a gift mm. uh, in my personality, um, where I know other people don't have that. So um, I was, and I was very talented and very able. I was mm. very diverse. I was a very good student. I was very good with PE. I was just very good with a lot of things. Mm. So I fit into a lot of places. Okay. Um, at the same time, though, because I was so good, um, with a lot of things, a lot of people used to be jealous of that, mm. and a lot of people, yes, I did used to get bullied always in my life for being good, mm. 
lot of things and um, yeah that was the biggest thing and um, yeah it's it's really sad but I think even as a as a younger less wise sort of person I just I don't know I had this thing inside me that could never do it someone was horrible I would, I would never be horrible to them that's that's not me mm. um, so I just it was hard I coped by just being myself and by uh, speaking to being a good guy no matter what and including everyone and I was always kind of a bit of a leader mm. so I actually yeah okay. I, 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 I always went opposed opposite to the flow mm. uh, and I didn't really care mm. um, um, and so I'm really lucky that I put somehow I had that in my personality mm. Mm. that I've easily managed to get into leadership positions and when you're in that leadership position you are more respected and 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 you know you can get away with things as well and you can but you can also be a, a more importantly a movement for good yeah so when i say get away with things like what you said talking for britain so <laughs> it was the only complaint from the teachers it was like, like she doesn't stop talking <laughs> and you know during class i'd be a bit, a bit of a mischief and like just talk all the time and stuff but, yeah you know, I've got away with it a bit, but the most important thing was that I did stand for justice and for inclusion mm. and trying to be a, a good person to everyone, even if they were being good or horrible to me. Okay. Yeah, no, I think that's. I think that's. I wanted to bring that point out because we've had a, um, a few comments on Facebook groups, etc., and and the group that I run, where um, you know kids are suffering like that, and I think it's great that they have people have to have role models, and those role models you don't know when you were a teenager going through school with all the adversity that you'd. Um, been through and you brought that into the situation you were in and the people that you spoke to the people that you were in your class you don't know that how you reacted and treated them how that's impacted on their lives as they've grown up you know and that's all of us we never know how far um you know how far those ripples of our lives are going to touch or where they're going to touch so we have a responsibility and this is one thing that i try and get over on the podcast all the time that wherever you're teaching kids or young people or anyone actually it doesn't matter about your age um that you have a responsibility to to think of where those ripples are going to be but actually you never know and we won't know until as a christian i believe when we're in heaven then we'll find out but if that's not your belief you still have a responsibility to um, speak your truth and be the best person you can be because you don't know who you're impacting. Uh, and, and I would go as far as saying, actually, I think a lot of times we can see the impact we're having mm. in the way we talk, yeah. the way we pay. We know, I know that as human beings, I know a lot of us have lost the instinct the um, ability to connect with that mm. straight away but we are all very instinctual and very you know we all have inside us in our core the truth mm. and whether it's a, a christian or not and you know we all have that truth reverberating very loudly and in fact i believe that the younger we are the higher the higher the understanding and the ability mm. it's just that we because of Peer pressure and not really knowing who we are, we tend to ignore it. We tend to put it aside mm. um, and to and to because the school system doesn't necessarily always educate us about these things. We tend to ignore it. However, we do have a really, a really huge ripple effect, uh, like you mentioned, and, and I believe for most of us, actually, it's instantaneous. We know mm. we, we know when something we spoken was good and that had a good effect mm. and when something is spoken has a bad effect something we do and something we think what mm. we think what we speak and what we do mm. we know we just know and if we lie to ourselves if we pretend sooner or later at one point whereas you're 20 30 40 50 60 it's gonna hit mm. it's gonna hit hard and for most people it hits quite early mm. i would say mm. Mm. You know, I think that's a very valuable point. So, Des, what, who inspires you on a daily basis or through your life? Who, who are the people or things that inspire you? Ooh, 
very tough question because oh, it's really hard to to give a, a, an answer. I must say that I, I, I draw my inspiration by, by so many, um, by so many, and um, obviously we all have the kind of like really well-known people in, in, in life, you know, like Mother Teresa and all these incredible, incredible actual human beings that have, have fought for justice and love and humanity and community. You know, those are the people that inspire me the most, the ones that walk their talk, that, that you know, practice what they preach. And um, I draw inspiration from many people. And um, I also draw inspiration, to be honest with you, from everyone around me. I think everyone is an inspiration. Every human being, I, I learn from everyone. And yeah, it's, it's hard to pinpoint, you know, but I'm very grateful. I, I always try to stand back and learn from everyone and never treat anyone like they're beneath or like, oh, I'm above you, I know more than you. And, and in times that I, by mistake, done that, I've soon learned a lesson. Mm. So I, I use everyone as inspiration. I mean, we have so many ways of being inspired these days through, obviously, uh, TV, through social media, through books, through, uh, well, face-to-face yeah. acquaintances and, yeah. and new relationships. Mm. And uh, I get inspired by so many people, mm. you know, including my husband, who's always so much more patient than I am. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm really honest, if I if I can really be honest here, I think it would be I would be uh, doing a disservice to, to myself and, and others if I if I didn't mention my biggest inspiration in life, which which is Christ. Mm. And uh, you know, for me, I knew from a child that that was the truth because I knew that if there was one one representative person that I wanted to be like is is Christ. And I I then lost it for a while, but now that I've gone back to to, to I've come to realize that all my life, those foundations of what is to be Christ like is actually what I've always been called to be like and what is truly my biggest inspiration um, in, in life and, and that helps me break every chain and literally like just when you think you can't do it, mm-hmm. all, all I do is focus on that, the, the, the teachings, the scriptures, what I've been, what I'm learning and, and being taught through that and wow. It's mm. phenomenal, and I find that through that I can be a better human for other humans. Okay, okay. Are you very Are you very open and upfront about um, your Christian beliefs when you're dealing with people, or when you're um, running your businesses, or is it something that you hold back on until you get to know people? Yeah, it's a really, it's a really hard one. I, I've been back to Christianity about three years now, and I've been very cautious. At the beginning, I, I didn't really, I was really quite afraid because I don't know why, even in a country where we're supposed to have freedom of speech, I, I don't know why we're so scared mm. to just be like express, you know. Um, but uh, I, I have over time realized that um, I do not have to hide, I can just be honest, I, I don't make a big deal of it within the business, mm-hmm. however, I've, uh, I've mastered the courage over time to, to be more open about the fact that a big transformation in my life is God, mm. uh, and the, you know, I have a lot of sort of practical tools, and then a lot of people in my life, of course, that are helping me, inspiring me, and this and that and other. But I would be doing disservice if I wasn't honest about the fact that God is, you know, my biggest transforming vehicle. Like, yeah. I think, and, and as a result, I feel like it's actually my duty to share. But I, I am careful mm. how I share, mm. and I am more, a lot more. Um, a lot more open about it now. Um, I've realized that actually there are a lot of people that are also uh, Christians in faith. And I've also realized that actually there's a lot of non believers that are okay with it. Mm. Um, it's just the way one brings it across. Mm. And I think when people see that you're genuine and it's not about uh, forcing people, it, I mean, who can force another person anyway? Mm. Everyone's adult and has choice. Yeah. So if anyone feels like they're being forced, that comes from them and not from a person that's just sharing them. And, and literally in their heart, they just long for 
that light and love and transformation for their fellow human. Mm. Uh, but on my personal status and in my personal life, I'm very open about God, God and Christ. And mm. uh, uh, yes, you're right. I'm, I'm very, I'm very, uh, I am quite careful sometimes with, with who I talk what, in yeah. what extent, and mm. how I say things. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah, it's. It's tough sometimes, but it's okay. Yeah, okay. no, I, I'm, I'm, I hear what you're saying because I have the same um, conflict that goes on. But I find that most people, when they, um, if they see that you're genuine and kind and giving, they want to know why. Eventually, they want to know why, um, and then it doesn't come as a surprise when you say, "Well, actually, I'm a Christian," or. Um, you know, you casually throw in that you go to church and then they put, they join the dots together and, oh, okay, that's the reason why. And that's not to say that people who don't go to church aren't loving and caring and giving. But I think when you have that element of faith um, and people who are listening to the podcast, you know, I don't want to, um, if, if this isn't you, I don't want to switch you off in any way. But I think when you have um, an element of faith, a layer of faith in your life, it just... It's like adding an extra ingredient into a dish that makes it so much more powerful or pungent or tasty. Or And, and when you recall that, I was recalling this with my son the other day. Uh, we were in France last year and we had, every day we treated ourselves to an ice cream. All three of us had an ice cream. And there's one particular ice cream that I can still taste today. And it was, the, it was a lime sorbet and cactus ice cream, which sounds awful, but it was the most amazing. I can taste it now because there was that extra layer of flavor in there. And I think when you have faith, that's what that brings to any relationship. It's that extra layer that underpins everything you do and everything you say. Um, oh, yes. I, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, I mean, I'm a big testament to that because mm-hmm. um, I, I, went, I went away. Um, I mean, I, I come from a very tradi- traditional, um, re- religious, um, country, traditionally religious, mm-hmm. um, where um, even though there's elements of it that are beautiful because lifestyle tradition becomes sort of intermixed with that mm-hmm. um, and there's not it's not easy actually to, to separate it I was always very progressive mm-hmm. and I used to find it really boring and really outdated and I used to disagree with a lot uh, of that that stuff and I actually went away from faith mm-hmm. because of the humans and what they portray faith as. Mm-hmm. I would bet anything that most of the people listening to this podcast right now have had exactly the same experience. Yeah. And even though everyone, it's important for us to understand that it's okay, everyone has a journey to life. But those that will find truth enlightenment, awakening, transformation and success in life are those that are open mm. to finding out, those that never stop seeking the truth, mm. you know, and those that are always humble enough to listen and to take in, those that are able to step back, not be reactive, but give time and give presence to everyone around them. Mm. And I believe we seek the truth, we find it. If we give a chance, just giving things a chance, because at the end of the day, not giving a chance, well, how is that working for you? Yeah. Or anyone. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? If something mm. isn't working in our lives, we've got to change it. We've mm. got to change something. Mm. And that's what took me, ironically, back to Christianity. I mean, who would have thought that? I would be the last person that would ever think that I would be here right now without a scientist, mm. a doctor, um, <laughs> very far removed from the religiousness mm. that we most of us, most of us have brought into. Yeah. But actually, truth and faith goes far beyond the rituals and the traditions. And it's really important for us to understand that. So if there's anyone out there listening to this that all, has always been quite uncertain, detached, feels like there's something missing from their life, there's that gap. No matter how much 
we tried, I mean, I tried everything, I gave thousands of pounds, probably about 20, 22 thousands of pounds on business coaching, life coaching, um, therapy, after therapy, because I had a lot of baggage, a lot of issues, no matter how good and pure and whatever, whatever, you know, we all have bad, some of us have big baggage. Yeah. <laughs> Being the child of two refugees, I can tell you guys, the two refugees that moved countries and that have separated several times. Mm. So yeah, it's really tough. Mm. Um, so uh, you know, I, I, after all of that, I find my, I found myself, you know, almost back to square one and asking the important question: Oh God, what is going on? Mm. And then that's when I realised, oh wow, I've given everything else a chance, mm. but I didn't give this a chance. And actually, when I started looking more into it, I realised that oh. Uh, I've let others dictate my belief. Mm. I've let others dictate my faith. I let others take away my faith. Mm. And I did, I never gave it time. So I was like, oh my God, I'm going to give you a chance now. Mm. I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to study you a bit more. I'm going to see what this is all about. My, my husband was always a better believer and he always spoke about some churches that he thought that are more modern and cutting edge that I would fit more into mm. and I would be able to take it a lot more from. So I went from like being like really out to church, really out to Bible, like don't talk to him. Most people are not even like me. Most people are like, okay, yeah, let, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah, I was like, girl, you talk to me about it. I don't want to know. I don't want to, I don't care. You know, divorce is coming if you talk about it again. Mm. So imagine if someone like me can be transformed in this way. I would, I would love it, to urge everyone to never stop speaking. Mm. Uh, if you're curious, search deeper, be open-minded, and remember you can never be forced. Mm. You can never be forced. Your life is your life. You're responsible, you're able, you have the power inside you to make your choices and, and, and well, reap the consequences, very as good or bad. Yeah. So take responsibility, be brave, go out there, keep searching, and you will find the truth for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's like you said, what have you got to lose? What are the consequences if you don't or you do? Um, it's potentially a win-win, um, but it's up, the choice is yours always. And I think that's the same with, you know, whatever area in life you're doing, um, the choice is always yours. Don't I love when you said don't be forced. You can't be forced to do anything um, because then it's not, apart from anything else, it won't be sustainable, will it? Um, it won't be sustainable and also that really cultivates that idea of being a victim. Mm-hmm. We have to be really, really careful what we, cons- we, what we convince ourselves of. Does that make sense? So I yeah. find it a lot in my life if, if I may share this with you. Yeah. As you yeah. said, I'm a very loud, crazy, outgoing, eccentric type of person. And a lot of times I find in my life that people that are less so almost make it out. Not everyone, and obviously not. I have a lot of love in my life and, and obviously a very successful uh, business as well and community. And, and, and I know that many people love and respect me and, and it's very beautiful, but I also have had many experiences in my life where people that maybe are a little bit less like me and and, and, and struggle with um, with expressing and, 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 and knowing who they are mm. and, and having a, 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 a a conviction, a total conviction about themselves and their, their lives is easy to make like someone else is forcing Yeah. But that doesn't help you because you now become a victim. And actually, if you sit back and you're really truthful with yourself, you will understand that no one's forcing you in life. And actually, God forbid, if you, if you do live in like situations like domestic violence, for mm-hmm. example, and you might be a woman, you might be a man. And I'm not just talking about women. No, no, you, no. Might, you know, if we talk about children, you know, mm-hmm. but obviously, because that's. We want to make sure that we're seeking the right help. I'm not talking about that. Mm. I'm talking about people that are not in those situations that you know you want to change in their lives, and and but actually always sort of make it out that we're being forced and mm. that we are not good. Mm. We all we all have choice. We are we are all able enough. And if you're if, even if you're not loud and it gets sent you crazy or you think you're not, I, I promise you that that you can do it. 
and you can, if you just step back, if you take everything in and make that decision, uh, it will change your life, you know, step up and stop. You know, it's like me, you know, I also in my life have to take responsibility. Uh, and there are times where I have these like meltdowns and anger bouts, or I'm like, oh, no one listens, no one cares, blah, blah, blah. And then I step back and I'm like, why did you realize that that's just not helping? Mm. But you can't stay. It's normal that we all feel like that sometimes, but if we stay in that victim like mentality, Trust me, we will never have the love so Yeah, yeah, you won't get any breakthrough at all. There, there will be no. Every, you continue to make the same mistakes. You continue to go down the same path. You continue to try and search for something when the answer's right in front of you. How do you deal with people who? It doesn't matter how many times you'll say that, and you'll be so passionate about how you've just said that and how you'll be so passionate about it and encouraging and how do you deal with people then who or how does a personality like yours deal with people who just say not interested nothing stop um because i think you know obviously when we're dealing with young people and you probably come across a lot of young younger people in in your church life in your business life how do you deal with people where you know that they've got so much potential you can see that they have so much potential and yet they just say you maybe suggest this and they turn nope or you suggest that and they're like nope not interested how does somebody how do, explain how you would deal with that oh it's so tough it is so tough it is so heartbreaking mm-hmm. um, I, I, I feel so much in, in so many ways getting emotional just, just thinking about it but I think as there's I think the only thing like um, and that's a really good question actually strikes in the core because I think those of us that have been called on this earth to be there for others, mm. we hurt mm. for others so much when when we see that someone we care for, love for, or even just encounter, you know, I, I have a big love for human beings to mm. the point where for some reason I'm ridiculously connected to them and I feel a lot of pain and a lot of pleasure in a very big way and mm. very fast. Mm. So I feel it's like I'm a very emotional person, <laughs> I'm not, um, as you can see, and I can't even hide it sometimes. Um, and, the, and the best thing that I can do upstairs, I, I I've battled with this for years, I must say. Mm. It's a very good question. I I used to get very angry. I used to get very tearful. Mm. I used to have many sleepless nights. Uh, but again, when I met God, mm. uh, I got taught that I could just put that burden, oh, my burden yeah. on, on to him, mm. and I could say it's not away. Mm. Actually, I just came to realize that my real purpose is to just love, mm. and love is pretty unconditional, even though it's the hardest thing ever. Yeah. Um, means that you give without expecting anything back, not even for them to even clearly benefit from what you share and give, which is Mm. so hard, Mm. so painful and frustrating many, many a time. And I'm talking both in in my uh, professional life, but Uh also in my personal life, Mm -hmm. in in all areas of life. But I just sit back and say, yes, the best thing you can do is be yourself, show the way, like you said, when you show the way, you inspire people and you get them to ask. Mm. Then when they ask, you're in a better place position to share. But also, I really do believe that um, on a vibrational level, it just has a ripple effect. It might not be obvious now, it might be obvious tomorrow, in two years, in 10 years, in 20 years, it doesn't matter. And I just, I'm here to share the love. Mm. And to, you know, whereas people take it or not, it's okay. Mm. I stopped, I went from a point where I was desperate, and, and within my business as well, more than anything else, I was desperate. I was desperate. It's like, why can't people see how good 
this is, come on, life changing this is. You know, some people, eh? Because there's a lot of people that are seen and they've stayed. And yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. Beautiful, completely. And then some people come and go. Some people come and never come back. And mm. It's fine. Mm. Some people haven't come yet. Um, and that's okay. But it's like, it, I used to be so desperate to help someone to the detriment of everyone mm-hmm. to the detriment of them and myself yeah and, and now I realize that first of all I have to have a bit of a boundary mm-hmm. on how much I give mm-hmm. because I can give in very ridiculous ways mm-hmm. that actually takes away the power from that individual mm-hmm. and I've learned that in a, in, a, in a couple of very hard hard ways mm-hmm. and it must be very difficult talking about actually because this is a all about raising successful children mm. I can imagine how difficult it must be for parents mm. who are trying to do the best by their children and trying to give them everything that there must be such a, a, a conflict to where you're trying to give everything but you have to be very careful because if you give everything to that child there's no discipline, there's no boundaries there's nothing, you're actually raising individuals that are spoiled mm. that actually don't have self-confidence mm. that don't know about reality in the real world yeah yeah that that won't work Mm. Uh, and so that's a really big thing i've learned that i don't have children yet Mm. but i've learned that through both my personal relationships with my family and my friends and with my uh uh, you know professional way Mm. with my team and with my ladies yeah yeah so when you say about putting boundaries in place, what sort of boundaries are you putting in place? Um, we're putting boundaries like um, like knowing how to distinguish. For example, to, are you asking about the, for example, in a professional? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Let's let, let's like do it from that, that point of view. We, within my team, it's been really tough because we are friends. Mm. We are friends, we are sisters, you know, all these ladies begun as my, my clients. Mm-hmm. Some of them have become uh, very good friends and sisters, what I would call my family and sisters and, and colleagues and my team. Mm-hmm. Um, and but, but for many, many years, we have uh, very much confused the boundaries between friendship and business. Okay. And of course, the first thing anyone's ever told me was, do not mix business pleasure, mm. uh, and I'm 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 just hoping and praying that I'm going to be one of the few people out there that one day soon I get to say I know the formula for business and pleasure and enjoying it very much and building a community and a, and a, and a, a purpose built fulfilling and beautiful business mm. uh, you know that involves being with your best friends your, your, and your what I would call sisters mm. I, I'm still testing it out we're, we're actually funnily enough nine years of business and I had a you know I had a massive breakdown and revelation a few weeks ago just before coronavirus <laughs> struck mm. and lockdown struck and I was literally in the process shifting the business and shifting the, the team there was a lot of rules like um, it was a really tough time but it was really weird it was almost like it happened in time to prepare us mm. for lockdown it's been a crazy time mm. but I can tell you that putting that boundary and how do we put the boundaries you ask first I had to be very honest mm-hmm. I had to be real and I had to be honest and I really do believe that's something that unfortunately, especially in the corporate world, in the high-flying business world out there, unfortunately, it's something that most people feel like they can't do. Yeah. You know, they, in the world of, uh, you know... <clears throat> yeah, suit and tie. ...appearances and appropriateness. And as a result, we've almost lost the reality and the humanity from business, which is, I could not live like that. And I'm very, very... Um, very lucky that I have a business that's actually quite sort of like um, all about human life and transformation and fitness mm. and fun. So I guess for me it's a bit easier yeah. that someone works in a very strict corporate business-like world, mm. you know. Um, but being real and honest, um, being able to uh, know, I think what I'm doing now is, which is really helping me, is uh, uh, definitely 
hanging out more and spending more time in, in, in with other in people in leadership position. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm learning a lot from those people. But I'm always the truth is that for a while I didn't do that and not I stagnated and started going downhill. Okay. The truth is we want to be better in life. We've got to be brave and courageous enough to hang out not and not just hang out but listen, mm-hmm. be around. And I'm not just saying necessarily have all the face-to-face, but listen, podcasts and um, 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 on social media, uh, videos, presentations, YouTube, all these things. And there's so many beautiful people out there that are literally just sharing the success, even for free. Mm. You don't even have to pay a penny yeah. to be quiet and to have better knowledge. You know, buy a book, I put a, bought a couple of books on leadership and things like that. Mm. Um, you know, learning from people that are funny and done it better than me. Mm. And, and then bringing my character in and my purpose mm. and my truth and, and my heart and my love into it. Yeah. But I'm not trying to be like others. I'm trying to be inspired by others, but stay true and unique to my calling and my heart. Yeah, so you follow, you model that success, but you make it your own. So you, yeah. your own um, your own model of success, somebody will take that and then they'll tweak it to how they... Um, their personality, their circumstance, etc. But you know that there's that saying, isn't there? Success leaves clues. So you follow the clues. Yeah. You model yourself on those people, whoever they might be. So you're obviously a great believer in mentors and coaches and that way of. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been there, done that. Um, I really do believe this, that there's a huge space for that in mm-hmm. life, and um, it can be very big mm. and it can be very overwhelming and very confusing if I may share my experience and what I've learned and the advice I would give to, to someone is try and speak with like if you're going to pay mm. for a service to have a coach to have a mentor stay with one at a time yeah you've got plenty of time in life it's not you know people are not going anywhere mm-hmm. sometimes it's really easy to fall for the whole there's only space for five people 24 people it's half price now and it's never going to be half price again or yeah. whatever <laughs> you know it's easy to fall for that and of course we use it a lot in business to to, to kind of like um, uh, stare the, the yeah. urgency yeah the scarcity so there's scarcity for responding. Um, I would always say to people, breathe, give yourself time to not act from fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. Know that if it's, you know, know that the right person will come and you don't need to be in a hurry. You know, you'll know when you have to act in importantness mm-hmm. in one. Mm. Because you know that everything within you, your whole body, your mind, and spirit will know. Mm. There will be no doubt, there will be nothing, and you will know that it's not fear at all. Mm-hmm. Very important, very important and- that you don't get caught up in the, in the, um, in the rah-rah of everything that you just, yeah, yeah. And, but to be honest with you, that's also quite difficult to do. Mm. I would imagine if anyone is listening this, I mean, we, we do learn by mistakes. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah. Have I, I, I have spent some money in really good ways and I have uh, spent some money in really bad ways as well. Mm. It's okay. Yeah. It's really important that we don't beat ourselves up about things, that we learn from our mistakes um, and move on. Mm. And, um, you know, when it comes to the coaching world, it's very fast and very overwhelming. So maybe stick with one coach or mentor at a time. I think it's very, very beautiful. Uh, I do also think that there's many resources out there, mm-hmm. many people that are giving you a lot of value without having to spend money. However, it is true, it is part, partly true for most of us that if we don't invest, we're not serious yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, and so yes, if you do want to step up your game in life, it's probably a good idea that you do give yourself a chance mm-hmm. um, by uh, focusing and possibly paying for a service if that's what's going to uh, give you the kick that you need yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to actually commit mm-hmm. and take yourself to the next 
there. Yeah, yeah, no, I absolutely yeah. agree. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Okay, so because we're using Zoom, for those people who are listening, we're on Zoom at the moment and in the lockdown period, um, Zoom is being really, really tight. So as much as I don't want to, I'm going to have to wrap this conversation up because I've I'm shocked. When I first met you, Des, and I said, and I was on part on that um, conference, I was shocked that I was given 45, 50 minutes to speak about podcasting. And it just went so quickly. And you kept saying how quickly. And this podcast has gone really, really quickly. So enjoyable. So much, so much that you've given to the listeners. And I'm very, very grateful. Thank you. The last question is always to every guest um, that this is called Raising Successful Kids. So what does raising successful kids mean to you? That's a really, really good question. I mean, obviously, I haven't got my, my, my own children yet, but I think a lot of the things that I do are actually in purpose to become a better person mm-hmm. myself so that I can be the best parent I can ever be to my children. I think different people define success. But first of all, we, we need to understand as individuals how do we define success. Mm-hmm. I think for me, success is standing for something bigger than oneself in life. Um, and uh, knowing that you you are a movement for good in your life, and that if your your purpose stands towards contributing to the world mm. and uh, contributing to making the world a better place, and I think that's it for me. If you're doing that, you're successful already, and uh, you should really be joyful. But uh, you know, success is 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 that and is and, and is that sort of peace and happiness and, and, and joy you know um, that, that that is in life and I guess I in order to do that as a parent I would imagine and I would like to as a parent to be real mm. with my children and to be honest um, to walk my talk mm-hmm. I can't just tell them don't be like that but I'm like that yeah does that, does that work yeah it doesn't make sense yeah. Or I can't tell them be like that, but I'm something else. Mm. Um, so I think practicing what we preach and not and not in the way that we're trying to show them that we're perfect. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's reality. And I think actually being able to show your children that you can be emotional, you can feel all the emotions in the, the spectrum, but actually they're sh- they're, you're, you're showing to them how they're going, how they're res- how resilient we are mm. by overcoming what's thrown our way, by the fact that we do have our attitude, what befalls us in life, it's our attitude that counts. Mm. Uh, and um, obviously being, being sure that we're bringing them, um, we're bringing them and uh, raising them in good circles, mm. circles of like-minded people that have that compassion and kindness and love and inclusiveness in their heart that are also a movement for good mm. in this world, you know, because it's very, very important who we hang around with, mm. I'm afraid. Yeah. I'd like to say that that's not true, but it is. Mm. And it's going to be the same with children. Mm. And so if we can teach them, if, if we can empower them right from the beginning, how do we empower our children? We we have to find our personal power. Mm. So as parents, we have to forever better ourselves, look inside first mm. and better ourselves. You know, for me, uh, obviously it goes one step ahead where, you know, the Bible is, mm. wow, mm. put all the wisdom in it. And, and if, I'm, if I can dare to say this, mm. go, uh, go for it. Everything that I've ever been coached, everything that I've ever been taught, even the big secret, which is the law of manifestation, mm. uh, I've got news for everyone. It's all from the Bible. It's all biblical. That's it, which I was shocked to find out and uh, be angry about it as well at the beginning. But, <laughs> you know, that's really interesting because um, apart from obviously exploring all the other avenues, I also know that I have the direct source mm-hmm. to the wisdom of pretty much the, the whole world, which mm-hmm. is incredible. Yeah. And so, yeah, for me, that's really, really important to learn from, from the word and uh, to take that on board and teach that to the children. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that. How can people find you? How can they get hold of you? 
Um, they can find us. We, we, you know what? We're doing a special lockdown um, price now that you mention it, where uh, for £25 a month, uh, people can get everything. They can get recordings that they can do any time, and they can do, uh, they can uh, involve themselves in the live streams. So we've got both. Mm-hmm. And they can do Zumba and Pound Feeds and Stretch and Yoga and Box, Youth for Fitness, and so many beautiful things. We're doing a couple of free um, children's sessions this week as well. So you can find us in uh, on www.t4mefitness.co.uk. Mm-hmm. Um, T4, the four is the number four. T for me, M E uh, fitness.co.uk. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can uh, four. Zero seven people nine four double eight nine eight one. I'm always here. Everyone knows my number anyway, so mm. I'm, I'm never asking to disclose it. Mm. Um, and uh, yes, thank you so much, Irene. And can you tell everyone who's listening from this side where they can find you? Okay, so for people who want to get hold of me, um, this is obviously the Raising Successful Kids podcast. Um, I run my own internet agency, so I I do various internet marketing stuff. Um, I'm on social media as Irene. T-I-N-W-E-R Raising Successful Kids has its own Instagram page and Facebook page please go along subscribe to the podcast Um, and yeah just hit me up on LinkedIn Facebook I'm I'm all over it the only thing I'm not on is Pinterest that's the only thing but everything even TikTok I've even been persuaded to go on to TikTok I'm beginning to look into that you would be great on TikTok (laughs) I know, that's what I'm afraid of. I'll be, oh gosh, once I'm on there, I'm just going to be addicted to it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking the time today. I've really, really enjoyed it. For those people who didn't realise, I'm recording a podcast, but Des is also recording um, on her phone, which will go out somewhere and at some point. So, um, yeah, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been so enjoyable. I knew it would be, um, and I have been blessed abundantly, and I know that the people who have been listening have been as well. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Aaron. It's also my, my honor and, and pleasure to, to be with you uh, always and to just share from the heart and love and, well, just uh, just be love, right? <laughs> and on that note, I think thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And um, as we've already said, follow Des wherever she is, subscribe to the podcast, and we will see you again very soon.